Welcome to The Pragmatic Pagan, Season 2. This podcast explores an inclusive pagan path via science-based witchcraft, no deities included. With a focus on nature and energy, this spiritual practice is centered on lunar tides and seasonal cycles. Here in Season 2, we take things up a notch and dig deeper into the skills needed to connect with the energy around you. You can join me on Patreon for ways to stay connected and in tune to the universe. And we can stay connected when you follow me on Patreon or social media. Links in the bio. Merry meet all. moment I would like to acknowledge that I, like most of us, stand upon stolen land, land that belongs to the original stewards and natives of this space. Please pause to acknowledge, with gratitude, the sacrificed by and the cost to the people of these First Nations, past, present, and future. These words are in honor of their role as the first spiritual caretakers of the land, And in my pagan path, my hope is to continue their dedication to the survival and renewal of our planet and its creatures. It is a promise to plant seeds of healing in the wake of the destruction my ancestors have caused. As above, so below, so mote it be. The Pragmatic Pagan participates in Real Rent Duwamish as a way to support local native tribes. I encourage you to look into similar rent programs in your area and participate if you are financially able. So it is with air. There is the brightest variety which we call ether, the muddiest which we call mist and darkness, and other kinds for which we have no name. Plato. It is the first moment of life, a gasp of breath in a baby's lungs. It is the stirring of the space, a sweet scent carried on a breeze. It is as clean and crisp as it is heavy and humid. In its peace, it is still. In its fury, it crashes through. It whips and whirls, sweeping the world up and restructuring it. It is the dawn. It is the first thing we gain and the last thing we lose. It is elemental. It is air. We begin with air because it echoes the dawn, a moment of birth, and so facing east and the rising sun, we correspond with this element. Like dawn, yellow rays that bleed to light blues symbolize the colors we might find in this element. The dawn, a dagger, or a theme, is often a tool of this element. Spiritual presence might include air elementals, referred to as sylphs, or according to the golden dawn, the archangel Raphael, or the angel Chassan. This shows true to the golden dawn ties to Rosicrucianism and the Christian mysticism. Many of these correspondences date back to the order of the Golden Dawn and their use of the Enochian tablets, and some date even back older to Greek and Roman times. 
Similar types of elemental correspondences are seen across traditions that embrace the elements as a philosophy of universal interpretation. While Plato defined air as also ether or life, Aristotle challenged this notion, defining ether as its own element, that of the celestial spheres. Alternatively, Chinese classic elements do not include the element of air. However, there is some that say that the concept of qi is used similarly, although that is up for some debate. Air was considered by Greek philosophers as moist and warm, tying into the liver and the blood humor. It was said it was tied into a sanguine nature, one of four of the four temperament theories found in proto-psychology. A sanguine nature was said to be socially useful demeanor that was both inspiring and influential, as well as hysterical. Western tropical astrology ties these attributes to those who are born when the sun rises in the constellations of Libra, Aquarius, or Gemini. This correlation between elements and the signs is known as a triplicity, which then has three main planetary rulers. For the element of air, the, the above three signs, the day ruler is Saturn, the night ruler is Mercury, with a participating ruler of Jupiter. Each planet then corresponds to additional attributes, often human, emotional, spiritual, or psychological. These correspondence shape modern astrology and horoscopes. While I will get more into this in a later episode, do know that this falls in the land of take it or leave it. Personally, there are some aspects that I can find reasoning behind, and others that I just take that leap of faith or let them pass by, especially when no harm is caused in making those leaps. Within the context of my own practice, air is a representative of beginnings, springtime and the sunrise, that moment just before. It is the moment of anticipation or hesitation. It is the first peak of the crescent moon as it appears in the sky. It is the lofty feeling of drifting away in your thoughts, a daydream. I also like to consider how the elements play a role in the everyday nature we see. Just today, looking out my window, air hanging heavy with moisture, two elements dancing intertwined, creating a blanket of fog, then dashing and darting the birds gliding on air currents, looking closely to see spiders jumping, dangling, and weaving, suspended in air, poised to catch anything that might fly into their web. From dragonflies to lightning bugs, butterflies to bees, so many creatures live their lives intricately woven with this element. I think of it as, as what connects us. It is the space between. It is air. Now, let's take a moment to really connect with this element. Make yourself comfortable, settle in, if possible, find a place where you can let in a bit of fresh air. And as you settle, breathe in and sigh out, letting your eyes close as you exhale. Begin to focus on air, the air that surrounds you, that settles on your skin like a light kiss. Is it warm or cool? Moving or still? Tune into that air. Does it have a feeling? A sense? A possibility? Then begin to shift inward, 
As your body moves with your breath, don't control it, but sense where it lands. What moves and shifts with each breath? How does each breath differ? Some more shallow, others more intense and deep. And now, doing only what is comfortable, take a few deep breaths that focus on expanding yourself from the inside. Placing a hand on your belly button and another hand on your chest, in this breath, imagine you are expanding the space between your spine and your hands, expanding the body cavity from front to back. Then, in this next breath, place your hands on the sides of your abdomen and take a breath that expands the body cavity left side to right side, expanding that inner space and bringing air to those muscles. How do they react to this deep oxygen? In this last breath, place your hand on your solar plexus and another hand down below your belly button. This is about breathing length into your body. So inhale, expanding your body top to bottom. Now that you've taken a breath in three directions, expanding that body cavity, Take a breath that does all three dimensions at once. This is done with a very basic visualization. You don't have to actually physically expand this space, but when you imagine your breath filling and expanding in these directions, you will be surprised how the body moves to support you. Breathing in all three spaces and exhaling. Now take a moment to allow your breathing to settle into its normal pace and rhythm. As it does, consider how did that dimensional breath change the way your body feels? Hopefully you felt a positive change, one that you might consider finding time for, especially in moments where you need to reconnect with yourself. Keep breathing. And as you do, consider how your body responds to your breath. How even the potential of change in your breathing can stir elements of your body to react. Air is integral to life within us. It stirs us. It keeps the systems functioning. As it does, in some form, for every living thing in the world around us. Take this moment to consider the potential in that connection of that energy. That energy that we already know and understand because it lives in every breath we take. In this moment, we must also consider our responsibility as caretakers of this element. The responsibility to ourselves, to our future, to our planet, to life, and to the air. Still somewhere comfortable, let's take our mystical work with air up a notch. In this next sequence, you may encounter the practice in a way that feels comfortable to you. 
I will suggest them as visualizations, but if you are more comfortable creating, doing, or feeling, consider how you might interpret these exercises in a way that feels more attuned to your practice. Always remember that you can reach out to me and this community via Patreon or social media for inspiration. Comfortable? Okay. Now go ahead and let your vision soften, and if you are more comfortable in this way, allow your eyelids to fully close. Begin to tune back into your breathing. Again, no changes, but as you inhale and exhale, begin to visualize and feel the breath. As it moves in and through you, what color and shape does it take on? Listen to the energy and the ideas that begin to manifest. There is no wrong answer. There is only your answer. Your interpretations of this long lost language that is this energy is using to communicate. Settle, breathe, and let the air speak to you. As this visualization or feeling begins to take on more reliability, as its form settles, or maybe not, but it decides one way or another, in this form, how it will be, how it will communicate, begin to sense it as it leaves your body, and then slowly shift your body from awareness of the inner air to the outer air, the air that rests against your skin and in between, that space of potential. Begin to tune in here and again, listen to what comes to mind, how you communicate in this space. Keeping in mind that again, there is no right answer. The energy may take on a whole new color or form here, or it may just evolve or transform. And if you go to move outside that inner breath and there is silence, then stay inside a while longer. Allow the journey to manifest in its own time. Then when you are ready, once you can externalize the connection with this energy, begin to imagine it taking a circular form, a simple circle that surrounds you. This form may be gentle and still, or it may be full of motion and rhythm. Let it shift and change. Let it communicate how it will exist for you. And as it does, get to know it. Which I know sounds strange and soft and mystical, but like you would get to know a friend. Listen and tune in. As you begin to adapt to the language it speaks, more and more will become clear. But in this space and time, begin to build that circle. Hold it there for as long as it's willing, for as long as you are able, before it begins to fragment and dissolve, which it will do, especially in the beginning. This is a practice, a journey. It is not a box to check. So each time, work to build up that circle of air, an elemental sphere that can be deepened and ingrained into your circle casting as a layer of protection. Each time you revisit this exercise, let it expand. As you advance and decide which leaps of faith you will take, there is more that can be communicated here, if you are willing to listen. A moment to consider. 
As you journal this week, it is time to dig deeper on your work from last week. Now that you have spent a bit more time with air, learning, observing, and meditating, again consider it from your five senses, adding the sixth sense of intuition. Shape this experience for yourself and consider how it aligns or differs from your impressions before engaging with the energy. Any surprises? Or did it confirm things you already heard and felt? Or maybe, just maybe, you are feeling frustrated. And if you are, that's okay. This is a journey, not a checkbox like I said before. Time and patience. Please reach out if I can help. Incorporating the elements into your daily craft can feel a bit daunting at first since they are such big principles and some are much easier than others to incorporate. And that struggle is actually different for everyone. Air makes its presence in my craft through tying air-related energy work into my spells. Sometimes it is through breathing techniques, others through incense and smoke cleansing, and even using scents to trigger energetic states. I also have made it an inherent part of my circle casting. Each element has a ring in my circle, creating a five-fold layer, and within that, when the occasion calls for some serious elemental help, I incorporate the guardians and elementals into my practice. Altar representation is another way that makes its appearance. I most often use incense as my altar correspondence for air, but also have an athame and a wand that serve as tools related to air as well. Do be careful with an athame, which is essentially a ritual knife or dagger. Make sure it's safely displayed. These tools can be helpful, but I honestly find that connecting with my own breath is the fastest way to access this element. Then, of course, it's about keeping it simple and straightforward. I observe the way air plays a role in nature, in connecting and giving life to our planet. Air drives the Earth's cycles, transforming what it comes in contact. We breathe in oxygen, and the carbon dioxide we exhale is inhaled by plants that then break that down into carbon, the basic building block of life. The call to action this week is to be informed about climate change and what you can do to help slow this catastrophe. Everything from voting for candidates that understand the fight ahead to how you can take small steps at home to change the way we live in support of a more sustainable environment. A specific way you might engage might be to view a film. This week, I recommend Kiss the Ground on Netflix. This documentary highlights the way that our agricultural structure not only damages the environment, but could be the key to restoring it as well. If we were to change the way farms and agriculture are run and regenerate the land cover that has been lost, we could not only bring climate change to a halt, but we could actually start to turn back the clock and rebuild that precious ozone that we have lost. Check out this documentary and do some of your own research. Also, vote. And vote for someone who is ready to take on climate change or at the very least, knows it's a real thing. Autumn is here, and I admit, I lean into being the season of the witch. With the first two of the harvest festivals behind us, Sawin sits just a few weeks away. This holiday sits as the pagan new year. Although, within tradition, marks not a birth, but a passing, the final exhale of life.
before the process of breaking down and rebirth begins. Noting here that life doesn't end with death, but begins. Celine and this autumn season can serve as a time of harvest and reflection on this past seasonal cycle. It is also a time to reconnect with those we have lost. It's been a big year of loss for people and communities around the world. There is a lot to take heed and unpack here. Promises to make and to keep. And if loss sits too heavy with you this year, consider instead looking back into your history, both personal and ancestral, to engage with the bigger journey at play. How has resilience driven your story? And how can you change the frame so that you are an active participant in the world you live in? What would it mean for you to use your air to have a voice? Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Pragmatic Pagan. Find this podcast helpful? Then please consider sharing this resource with others. As always, please reach out with any questions or stories you are willing to share and stay connected by joining me on Patreon or on social media. Links are in the bio. Oh, and don't forget, by following me for free on Patreon, you get access to podcast transcripts and other great free content. Thank you for listening. Until next time, merry meet, merry part, until we merry meet again. Mm-hmm.